Better and Longer with the Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. So today I have a fantastic success story. Um, we're featuring Anna Hodling, who is an incredible endurance athlete. She's lost a big chunk of weight, and she's really just become quite a superstar as an athlete. And one of the reasons I like to bring guests on the show who have accomplished so much is because even though I feel like I do a compelling job telling you what you should do and why you should do it, it always helps to have the inspiration of somebody who's gotten out and done it and can tell you how great life is on the other side. So without further ado, Anna Hodling, welcome to the Fitness Show. Thanks, Fitz. Happy to be here. I am so happy to have you. So before we get started with your fitness journey, um, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, tell us about your family, your hobbies. My husband, Jay, and I, we own a martial arts and yoga studio in Michigan. We also own a heritage poultry farm, and I also am an agricultural writer for Hobby Farms Magazine. We have four sons. Bryce is our youngest. He's 12. And then we have Jason and Nicholas, and then Michael tops it off at 25. That's incredible. So I keep busy with the family. Yeah, you're always very very busy. In fact, we I clearly follow you on social media, and you're always doing something, including standing on your head and bent in all sorts of positions, right? <laughs> it alleviates the time that I have between tasks. That's right. If you, if you need something to do, put your head between your legs. Oh, that sounded awful, but <laughs> that's kind of what you're doing. <laughs> you're all twisted and torqued. You're very bendy. So um, so I would like to start. So Anna and I met through, um, she was marketing director working with Epic Races, and I was their race announcer. And did that, I think I began doing that in 2015. Does that make sense? Maybe a little earlier. Was it 2016, 2015? 2015. I yeah, I think it was 2015. And so I instantly had a great connection with Anna because she's bubbly and fun and a go-getter. But we, one of my things that I felt like was a turning point is Anna came up to me, it must have been in 2016, and she said, Fitz, I just can't lose weight. And I said, what? Because she's so athletic. Yeah, I can't lose weight no matter what I try. And I said, Anna, <laughs> I watch, I follow you on Facebook, and you are always baking baked goods. There's always breads, there's always cake, there's always cookies. Have you heard of my exact formula for weight loss? If you use this formula and you stop baking and eating all the baked goods, you're going to see a huge difference. So so tell me from your angle, Anna, how that conversation went for you and what changed your behavior. Well, gosh, you know, I do love to bake. It is a hobby of mine, although I try to make other people eat what I bake. But I just got so tired of what... I just assumed was my mommy belly. Now, after a few kids, it was kind of a permanent part of me, and nothing I was doing was getting rid of it, not running, not yoga, not martial arts, and I just didn't know what to do. And then you pointed me at the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge and the exact formula, and 
I'll say that it took me a little while to kick into the exact formula, but once I did, the weight just started coming off, and I was just amazed at how much I changed just by following exactly what you told me to do. Now, what did you weigh before, and then what do you weigh now or at your lowest? When I approached you at the Detroit Women's Half with my sad little self-pitying story, <laughs> I was about 159 pounds. Okay. And as of this morning, I am at 126. Wow. And it's, it's a shocking difference. So um, you posted a picture on the Hottie Body Challenge. I requested before and after pictures. And, it, you know, you're a triathlete. You were a marathoner when we met. It's not like I said, hey, Anna, go start running marathons, and that's how to lose weight. I took a marathoner and a triathlete and said, hey, change your eating habits. And you did it. And I, I remember you posting pictures of you in shorts you hadn't worn since high school. I'm wearing them right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a big difference. So, you know, what do you have to tell all the people? Because we know we have tons of listeners that are like, oh, my gosh, they kill themselves at the gym or they kill themselves running and they're not losing the weight. Give them your advice. Um, it might just seem so difficult to say, well, I have to calculate the calories that I'm eating every day, but it's just really watching your portion size, watching how much you put in your mouth, and just keeping track of it every day, and noting where you have to adjust. It's not depriving yourself, because if you just adjust your calories, say, for your anniversary, or for a birthday, or a barbecue, as long as you stay within that calorie count that you've set for yourself, it isn't really that much more difficult to reach your goal. Yeah, and you so you've reached your goal and you have some wiggle room. You still have some of the baked goods you make, just not all of them, right? Uh, that, well, I try not to eat as much as I used to. I Actually, I just take a bite or two and I find that I'm really satisfied with that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And I'm that girl too. I mean, I used to, oh, when I was 45 pounds heavier... I can look back at my eating habits and think, oh, my gosh, how did I shove that much food into my body? You know, your stomach's only about eight, inch, eight ounces full, you know, so where do you, where do you find all the room? But now I'm so much satisfied with – I'm satisfied with so much less because it's just exactly. habitual now. It's amazing because I used to be able to eat a whole pizza on my, on my own. When we'd order out for pizza, I'd have my pizza, my husband would have his sub – the kids that have their own pizzas, and now, yesterday after a race, I went and I ordered a pizza, and I ate one slice, and I brought the rest home. I wasn't hungry for the rest of it. Wow. Now, let me ask you, go back in time when you were the woman who was a medium-sized woman ordering a whole pizza, did you think that this is appropriate for me, or, or did you think about it at all? What was your recollection of ordering and eating a whole pizza? Oh, uh... There were so many different ways to rationalize what I was doing and explain it away. I mean, I wouldn't eat the crust because the crust had too many carbs. Or I'd just eat the top off the pizza. Or I'd add more vegetables to make it healthier. There are always explanations. And, and did you really want to lose weight back at that time? Were you wishing to have been smaller? Oh. I have always strived for a goal weight, but 
I convinced myself that, you know, I'm an athlete. This is all muscle mass that I'm weighing. I've gained muscle weight. It's from all the workouts. It's not excess weight. It's just part of me being athletic. But that wasn't the case, and I learned that the hard way. Yeah, it's interesting. When I was uh, a teenager, I started teaching group fitness, or as they used to call it, aerobics. But my um, my body shape changed, but my, my weight never did. And I remember thinking, because people told me, your body has a quote-unquote set weight or it's comfy weight it wants to be. And for a while there, I just thought my body wanted to be 155, as if I had no control over it at all. It was just my body's quote-unquote comfy weight and boy was I wrong and it was just my my habits that supported the weight of a 155 pound person that kept me there it wasn't my body choosing to be there I was forcing it into that position right right and and you never know what little habits you're doing that are kind of trapping you into that mentality you go to the movies do you get the large popcorn with the extra butter and then a box of M&Ms and Sour Patch Kids and the large Slurpee to go in and just sit there on your rear end for three hours. I mean, you just have to watch little things that you might never have even thought about. Yeah, You know what the interesting thing is, is I think, I don't know if people know it's legal or not, but technically we're allowed to go to the movies without eating anything at all. Did you know that? (laughs) I did try that. Last time I just (laughs) Well, I might have brought a bottle of chilled water with me in my pocket, and that's all I had, and I was fine. So you actually were able to enjoy the movie without tossing popcorn down your throat? And that I didn't even toss it at anybody. My husband, of course, he had his whole big popcorn and his (laughs) giant Mountain Dew Slurpee, but I was fine. Yeah, it's it's a uh, little-known fact that you can go to the movies without <laughs> indulging in the treats. So, um, so your weight loss has been um, so fun to watch, and your pictures, and and I love the way you've celebrated your weight loss by saying, "Wow, look at me! I wear these clothes," and and it's not been as a bragging way, like, "Hey, look at me!" It's been this is fun. I'm a grown-up. I'm in my teenage clothes. And you can do it, too. So you've really done a great job of inspiring others. And your posts every day on the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge on Facebook are always very motivating because you're doing it so consistently. Um, But beyond just looking better, your athleticism changed. I mean, I recall you being a great athlete before, but once you lost the weight, all I could see was that you're on the podiums at races and you were PRing all the time. So tell us about that. Well, it's absolutely true. I mean, I started competitive running and triathlon again. Well, I've always been competitive. I started competitive swimming when I was six, and then I switched to track and field, and I switched back to swimming and diving, and then I got into the whole martial arts field. And then things just kind of didn't go right due to governing body politics, and I just kind of languished for a while. Then my husband got me into running, of all things, because he needed a partner. Of course, now he doesn't run at all. (laughs) I was going to say, that's funny. (laughs) Ironic. No, he doesn't run at all. He has a 0.0 magnet on his car. Wow, we love him anyways. (laughs) I I was enjoying myself. I mean, if it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. But, you know, I was firmly a middle-of-the-pack athlete, And then the weight started coming off, and the strength training started kicking in. 
fabulous. And I'm having a similar season this year, so I'm just really psyched about how this is coming all along. It's just yeah. fabulous. I'm so excited that I can strengthen myself and not have to give in to any kind of cravings because fitness, it's a high for me. It's just fabulous. I don't have to worry about looking for junk food to make me happy because it's all there with the exercise and, and the training. Now, everybody who's listening to this who doesn't know you probably thinks you're 34. Do you mind sharing that you're not 34? I'm not 34. (laughs) (laughs) I might be in the 50 to 54 age group. That's outstanding. And that's really one of those things where, you know, and what I like doing is we just kind of rubbed the... We rubbed it in the noses of the people sitting back saying, well, she's she is young and in college. She can do this. No, you're a full blown grown up with four kids and a business that you own. And you're now hitting your peak as an athlete. I'll tell you a funny story that happened to me at the market the other day is I was just pushing along my cart full of vegetables and and some tofu and some whole grain bread. And there was this lady who I would guess was about my age and her cart was full of soda pop and soda pop and ice cream and candy and all sorts of things and I might have she might have caught me looking at her and she's like honey when you have kids you'll be shopping like this and I just laughed and laughed I was like well I have four (laughs) good for you and the look on her face was priceless yeah, it's interesting how people pawn off their bad habits as if to blame the child when it's really the adult responsible for giving bad habits to the children. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and you do a fantastic kids, uh, you do a fantastic job okay. because you include your kids in your activity. So tell us about that. Well, my oldest is actually a Army second lieutenant, so he gets his training from the Army. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that one. It's amazing. My second oldest, Nicholas, um, he actually was a finalist for our state's Governor's Fitness Award a few years ago. He actually claimed that I inspired him to try running, oh. and he took to it so well that by the time he was a senior in high school, he actually was the co-captain of his cross-country and track and field teams. That's amazing. And he has done triathlons. He actually went and got a triathlon tattoo, so I guess he's out triathloned me with that. Wow. <laughs> but he, in, in college now, he is on his track and, what is it, cross-country and triathlon clubs, and he remains very active, and I love hearing that because so many college kids don't really get involved in athletics unless they're varsity division type kids. And so I'm very happy that he's active. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, here at the University of Florida, our club teams, they've got shiny uniforms. They've got the team bus. They do almost all the things that the Gators do without being the uh, ESPN worthy Gators, you know? Exactly. No, he's got his uniforms. They have a little bus they travel to. They've gone to Harvard. They've gone to I don't know how many different colleges to compete. So great. It's been fun tracking what he does. So great. Now, my my 15-year-old is a natural sprinter, but he's taking time off because he's had some health issues, so we're hoping he'll get back into it soon enough. But when he was in fifth grade, he was training with the high school sprinters because he was really fast. Wow. Kind of hoping he'll get back to that soon. 
He does yoga, though, which makes me happy. Absolutely. And then my youngest, Bryce, Bryce, well, he is a little hottie. Yes, he is. And actually, he is a little hottie. And today, actually, this morning, we were at the wellness center together, and he was there trying to out train me, which I thought was amusing because he's got his own little schedule that was set up for him with how much weight he should do and how much cool down and running. And so he's very excited and he's looking forward to doing a lot more races this fall when it gets cooler. Yeah, I love that you guys go do races together and you travel and make vacations out of it and you're really instilling the the love of athletic adventure in him, I think. Oh, well, he'll be at the Detroit Women's Half going for that 5K again. Good, good. I, he snuck by me at the uh, Ann Arbor Marathon. I wanted to strangle him. So this time he's not getting by, <laughs> period. Maybe you need to put well, some sort of fancy clothing on him, something I can't miss. But um, he's not getting by again. Bright. <laughs> Warn him. Well, this, this, year, this year, if he does really well, we're going to be so happy for him because two years ago, he got lost and ended up on the half marathon course and ended up finishing his 5K in two and a half hours. Oh, that's right. I remember you guys looking for him. Oh, Bryce. And then last year, last year he was suffering from acute, what is it, Achilles tendonitis in both heels because they had a cross-country coach that kind of pushed the kids too far and seven of them ended up on the injured list. So he ended up walking his 5K last year. So this year he claims he's going to conquer the Detroit women's 5K. So we'll be cheering for him. Well, I will be looking forward to him, and he will not get by. You you tell him that tonight at dinner. He will not get by. So, um, so going back to you, not only have you had extraordinary success in triathlons locally, you just went to an international triathlon competition in Denmark, which is pretty cool. So tell tell us all about that. Oh, that was that was a dream come true. Uh, I ended up qualifying to be part of Team USA, and we went as a team to the multi-sport world championships that was held in Denmark just this past month. And there were a good hundred of us competing in five different triathlon events. There was aquathlon, which is swim and run, aquabike, which is swim bike, triathlon, duathlon, which is run, bike, run, and then cross triathlon, which is trail riding on the bike and trail running. And it was about a week and a half of events and festivities in a little town called Odense, which is where Hans Christian Andersen is from. Okay. And it was just amazing because there were people from all over the world. There were people from Jamaica. There were people from Argentina. There were people from Australia, New Zealand, and the Kenyans were there. The Japanese were there. Countries from everywhere. We had a beautiful parade of nations. And everyone was just so friendly and excited to meet each other. I ran into a couple of people from the Japanese team who were actually playing Pokemon Go on the street, which I thought was rather funny. (laughs) And I did three competitions there. One was the 5K that was the festival 5K where all the athletes and their supporters were invited to take place and, and, and just enjoy a fun 5K. And it ran us along a lovely beach and I came in third from uh, my age group in that one, so I was happy. And then I did the aquathlon, which was a 1,000-meter swim and then a 5K run, and I came in third for that one also. 
for the. And then there was the aqua bike, which was an amazing experience that will always live in my mind. <laughs> Tell us about that. Didn't quite go the way I went. It was called Long Course Aqua Bike. And Long Course in the United States is 1.2 mile swim and a 56 mile bike ride. But in Europe, apparently, it's a 1.8 mile swim and a 76 mile ride. Right. And we weren't quite expecting that. So the weather was beautiful. We had a lovely day. Unfortunately, during the swim, my goggles decided to constantly fill up with water. And during the halfway point, I yanked them off my head and set my cap flying in the other direction. So I had to retrieve it so I wouldn't be penalized for abandoning my equipment. Oh, boy. And on the swim back, one of the kayakers sent us up the wrong canal, so a bunch of us ended up swimming 2.4 miles instead of 1.8 miles. Wow. And, and then the bike ride was through the countryside, through villages that were maybe three or four houses wide, with all the villagers standing out there yelling at us in Danish and waving little flags and little boys and girls dancing along the side. And it was lovely. But I was suffering from jellyfish toxicity because I had swum through a bunch of stinging jellyfish in the aquathlon, and I ended up having a systematic reaction that knocked me out for two days. So I couldn't quite race as fast as I had hoped to. So I came in 23rd, which still is good, not as good as I'd hoped, but it was just all an experience, and I always learn from how I do and move on forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've got a better story to tell, right? <laughs> that makes it more interesting that time. <laughs> Did you compete in other events? Uh, no, just those three. I did qualify to go to Gold Coast Australia in September, but I would have missed the Detroit Women's Half, and what would I do without seeing you? Wow, that was a very good decision you made. <laughs> it's probably a lot less expensive. No, that, that's... That was the sprint world, but after a while, you know, shipping your bicycle to Denmark and back and Australia and back and the airfare, it kind of adds up a little more than a family of four can really handle, so Denmark it was for this year. What was the, um, what was the total cost on your trip to Denmark? Oh my, easily about $6,000. Wow, so... So you've chosen to invest in that. I mean, obviously, there's no money coming back to you. What uh, what motivates you to spend the money and go do the thing? Oh, uh, well, I would not have been able to get anywhere close to the airport if it weren't for the people who sponsored me and the people who made generous donations to me so I could actually get to Worlds. Very nice. Very nice. Now, um, you know, a lot of your friends are sitting at home in front of the TV or just doing their thing, and you're traveling the world and traveling across the country to do races. What's the difference? Why are you different? (sighs) Hmm. You know, I think my mother asks that all the time. But (laughs) um, I just, I've always been curious about what's beyond the horizon, what else can I do to try and improve myself? What is there out there that I haven't done yet that I would like to experience? And there's just so much. And just trying to fit it in, it's, it's an adventure in itself. So what is your advice to those people that are at home that think, I can't? You know, It's amazing how many people 
are terrified to do a 5K. I was at the hair salon getting picking up my daughter last night, and there was a couple women in there. And um, one was, what, she's 39, and she was talking about how, you know, her young her kids are seven and three, and now that her daughter's turning three, she probably doesn't have the excuse to carry around the weight anymore, yet she kept making these tremendous excuses. And when I told her I hosted marathons, there she thought, oh, I can never do that. I said, listen, you don't have to, but have you considered a 5K? Oh, I could never do that. I said, I have 500 pounders do marathons. You're telling me you can't walk? three miles oh I can walk I mean some people are just so and ignorant I'm not saying that in a mean way but they're just knowledgeless of the opportunities out there so you've taken your opportunities to kind of the nth degree you've traveled the world in several sports what's your advice to the person who thinks I can't do a 5k uh, well, first of all, I would say that can't is a four-letter word that should never be used. Brilliant. Because you have to stay positive in all of your outlook. You don't want to let negativity color your perception of life. It's, it's just not a good thing. But if there is a local 5K, and 5Ks are always welcoming to walkers. I mean, there's 5Ks in our area that have children that are using crutches. There's a, a little boy in our town who does a local 5K, and he has polio or had polio, and he uses his walker to do it. And if he can do it, there's no reason that people who have never walked outside of going to the market can do it. it it's just putting one foot in front of the other. If you want to listen to music, they usually have music that just Keep one earbud in your ear so you can hear any commands from the officials on the course. And just walk and enjoy the day. Look at the surroundings. Look at the people around you. And before you know it, you've crossed the finish line. Yeah, it's not really so complicated, is it, Anna? No, and it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what your size is. All that matters is that you just get there and put the first foot forward. That's right. That's right. So tell me, what is the funniest or weirdest thing you've ever seen at a race? Oh, my. (laughs) Well, I was at uh, Ironman 70.3 Ohio a couple of weekends ago, and there was one competitor who did the entire race wearing an American flag Speedo. Oh. That, That was quite interesting and i just couldn't understand how he could handle 56 miles on a bike like that. oh and a bike he did oh. wow was did he look good in his american flag speedo was it a uh, tribute to our country or not um it's all in the eye of the beholder very nice very very non-judgy of you now um are you a chafer and if so what do you do to prevent chafing Oh, my heavens, Lord. Oh, my gosh. After Denmark, I could not sit on a bike saddle. It was awful. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I unfortunately had Ironman two weeks after Denmark, so I stayed off the bike that entire time. But I use a product called Body Glide when I'm going to race. But my best friend for those two weeks and for the week after Ironman was Desitin. No, what you put on baby bottoms? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So you might smell like zinc oxide, but it works. So, so, and I'm going to be probably too private here, but is that like your crotch is chafed or is it your thighs or what? I'm, 
I'm not much of... <laughs> the little fold between my legs and my crotch, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Ouch. That doesn't sound very fun at all. No, it, it's not a pleasant experience. In fact, yesterday for my bike race, just to make sure I was okay, I wore bike shorts and then put my triathlon uniform on top of them to have extra padding. Wow. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going through this repetitious mo movement over and over and over, and either your your legs or your arms are touching each other or, or they're rubbing on some other object. I mean, there's a lot of rubbing that goes on in endurance sports. Yes, there is. Yeah, that's actually why I, I feel asked... bad for the men who have... Oh, the men who wear Band-Aids on their chest, that just makes me cringe. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Well, thank God they're wearing but, the yeah. Band-Aids or they'd have the bloody nipple thing, which is so uh, uh, uncomfortable yeah. looking. No. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's why I asked the chafing question because everybody seems to do it. I am, thankfully, I'm not a chafer. The only thing I've ever had chafing issues with was my knee brace and the Velcro rubbing a hole in my leg. That was, oh. that was no fun. But I don't ever have the, uh, you know, the boob stuff or the arm stuff so lucky me um what is your favorite thing to eat before an endurance event in the morning Ooh, well i usually either have a greek yogurt if there's two hours before race start but if i'm closer to race start i'll usually have half a kind bar okay okay nice and then what about post-race Oh, post-race. You know, the funny thing is all these races have these giant spreads of food. And after racing, the last thing I want to do is put something in my stomach. Yeah, I'm that girl. So I usually all just have a banana. I'm with you. I always find it interesting how some people can go and have lots of alcohol post-race. Because I just, I'm, I'm a lightweight because I don't drink much to begin with. But my stomach just couldn't handle it. But after, after... Ironman Ohio, my husband, who had patiently sat through six-plus hours of me racing, was ready to go, and so he picked me up and my bike up, and we left, and then I realized, hey, I completely skipped the post-race tent for food, oh. and, well, you know, it, it didn't really matter. Yeah. I wasn't hungry. It all looks good. It's nice that they offer it, though. Even if I'm not going to take part in it, it feels very luxurious to have somebody offering me lots of food, don't you think? Oh, yes. And there's one race that's here next, this coming weekend, actually. And they have a wine tasting with chocolates and cheese. And I think that's just wonderful. It's probably the nicest post-race, most elegant post-race I've ever attended. But will you indulge? Will you go eat some of the stuff? The years that I've done the race, I've tried a little bit of chocolate and a couple of mouthfuls of cheese. And I've sipped at wine because... I'm not much of a wine drinker, but the vineyard that they have this at has one of the three wines in the world that I will actually drink. Okay. But I'm also a lightweight, so a quarter of a glass, that's all I can handle. Yeah, a little bit goes a long way for us. All right, and my last question is, what is the best song on your playlist? If you got to play one song while you're running hard or cycling, what's it going to be? Oh, my. Ooh, well, that's kind of funny. When I actually listen to music, the one song that I would play over and over again is, uh, this is going to be really cheesy, but it's, um, oh my gosh. Oh, now I'm blanking out. By Journey. Uh, just a small town girl living in a Don't Stop Believing. Thank you. 
That's a great <laughs> yeah. song. It is Don't Stop Believing. I sing it constantly in my mind when I'm running. And when I'm biking, I usually tend to sing it in my mind, too. Don't it's stop. kind of inspiring if you think about it. You don't want to stop believing in what you're trying to achieve, right? That's right. And it's just a damn good song. It's one of those songs you can sing to with a thousand of your friends, right? Right. But, but the thing is, a lot of my races don't allow music. So in those cases, I end up singing Weird Al songs in my head while I swim and I run and I bike. That's right. You are the Weird Al fan, aren't you? Yeah, uh, so... So that's my secret. I'll just sing things in my head and over and over again about, you know, what's this song? The saga begins about Star Wars and things like that. You know what? I think. And if it's a really long race, if it's a really long race, I'll sing the the original cast soundtrack to Les Miserables in my head. All right, you just you just went uber dork status. You know that, right? You just blew (laughs) past regular dork status. I thought you were hitting me with... I've been known to sing out loud on my bike sometimes. I did that in a race earlier this year, and someone was just, like, staring at me, like, why is she singing out loud? That's okay. Like, you have yeah, a beautiful voice. <laughs> Thank you. And and <laughs> this is a uh, interesting tidbit about Anna, is Anna also sings the anthem at some of the races she competes in. This is true. I'm actually singing it on Sunday. That's awesome. What a... You know what? What a lovely way to pay tribute to the best country in the world to be able to sing that anthem so proudly. Exactly. And you know, I love seeing everyone, you know, standing in attention. And on Sunday, I'll have Team Red, White, and Blue holding flags up around me. So it's a team spirit thing, too. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. All right, Anna. Well, you know I love you, and I'm so proud of you, and you really are my poster girl, um, you've asked, you've done everything I've asked you to do. And then a thousand times more, you've taken your fitness to such extreme places and all wonderful, not one bit of negative in anything you do. So thank you for that. You're a real inspiration and you make me super proud. Well, I wouldn't have gotten here without you. That's why I have fitness on my uniform. And I'm so proud. I tell you what, that hashtag get to work on your uniform Running through Denmark made me very, very happy. So thank you for including me. My pleasure. All right, beautiful girl. So if someone wants to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Oh, I have the very boring account name, Anna Hoteling. It's just my name, A-N-A-H-O-T-A-L-I-N-G. That's what I am on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Very uncreative very uncreative handle but very inspiring post so worth following that at Anna Hodling and folks if you haven't already done so you can follow me I try not to be boring at all at fitness on Instagram Twitter Facebook YouTube blah 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 but um, much like my work with Anna I would love to help all of you get fit and maybe all of you can go to Worlds in some sort of something and you can be proud and athletic and live healthy and uh, long like she is. So um, thanks for your time, Anna. I've loved having you on my show and everyone else. Anna, you tell them what to do now. Get to work. Get to work, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's Marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. 
Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's morningmile.com. Long may you run.